0: This is the most marketable corporate-sponsored sports entertainer of our or any generation, the hashtag feminist icon, E-F-F-Y-F-E. And you're listening to the only wrestling podcast that
1: calls it right down the middle, The Whole Reffin Show.
0: And now, the wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle... The Whole Reffin Show.
1: Hello, 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 and welcome to episode 117 of the only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle. It's The Whole Refn Show. And my name is Darren Beasley. And my name is Perry Smith. And we are so stoked to have you join us here on the 117th episode of The Whole reference Show. Every time I do one of these intros and I say how many episodes it's been, it blows my mind. It absolutely does. And the number only gets bigger. And 117 is crazy to think about. But here we are. We are well into our third year of doing this podcast. 117 episodes,
0: Perry. That's right, Darren, and you've uh, you've been around since the beginning, and so have you. <laughs> and so so have I. Yeah, yeah. And that's what makes it so special.
1: And dear listeners, how many of you have been around since the very beginning? I know, I know. There's quite a few of you. I wonder just how many, though. Well, I tell you what, we will not disappoint. We promise. We are the only podcast that calls it right down the middle. We also always deliver. We always deliver. I can safely say that. Always deliver uh, what? I'll be the judge of that. Okay. Uh, and on this episode, we will do as we always do, and that is deliver. In, uh, oh, not in 30 minutes or less. But, <laughs> uh, but we will deliver some uh, some headlines, and they're not always great. Uh, we've got some bad news. Um, uh, anytime we lose somebody from the wrestling world, Also, anytime someone runs afoul of the law. But nevertheless, we do call it right down the middle, so we present all the news. Good, bad, sad, uh, indifferent, difficult, and and it's wrestling, so a lot of the times it's unclear. But uh, we have a lot of headlines to talk about today. We also are going to talk about this weekend's Elimination Chamber pay-per-view, WWE's latest network special Big-time extravaganza network offering. Uh, This is the one where they're going to have the gigantic, weird, round square cage with the little chambers inside of it. You know the one, the elimination chamber.
0: Sure, the the uh, round square, rectangular rhombus uh, cylinder, yes.
1: It is. Uh, it's a most of all. It is a rhombus, <laughs> and um,
0: <laughs> it is a rhombile creation. Yes.
1: You know, I felt like a real dad the other day. I, I had the the best dad joke ever, uh, talking to one of my students, and I told him to to be there or be rhombus. Oh uh, what? I would have. I would have. I would have slap myself on the forehead except he thought it was even funnier than I did
0: so nice uh, very nice it's a good thing you uh you little... go you, good thing you teach at a school where the kids are exceptionally smart and I think a lot of kids wouldn't quite get that one if, if you say rhombus nowadays I think kids might think it's like a computer thing like a pci bus or a or, 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 or ram a or ROM bus. I don't know it makes that kind of makes sense to me yeah that's true but uh
1: they are an exceptionally bright bunch and uh Even if this student were not, he would get an A-plus
0: for laughing at my joke. (laughs) (laughs) And that kid passed with flying colors this year.
1: (laughs) Well, uh, Perry and dear listeners, joining us on today's show is one half of the commentary team for Fest Wrestling. That's right, Max Gregg. And Max is going to join Perry and myself to discuss this weekend's Love is a Battlefield 3. This is the third time Fest Wrestling has brought us the Battle for the Love Cup Tag Team Tournament from Gainesville, Florida. It is the hottest independent wrestling around. It is the coolest show. And uh, you you put punk rockers and pro wrestlers in a country western bar
0: and it's guaranteed success is what it is. It really is. For some reason, every time I, I think of Love as a Battlefield, I always think of the St. Augustine shows. Even though I wasn't at Love as a Battlefield 2, which was at St. Augustine, I was at 1, which was at 8 Seconds, where it typically is. But for some reason, I hear that and I immediately think of that St. Augustine, like the dark, rainy St. Augustine show that I went to. I don't that's just me.
1: Yeah, that was those were good shows. Those were really fun shows. Minus the mist, I, I didn't really. That was a that was kind of a drag.
0: I, I recall accidentally spilling my beer over an uh, on an eight by ten of the ducks, and I felt obligated to buy the eight by ten. And then it rained, ruining all the eight by tens. And and Coach Mikey was happy to point that out to me later, but he didn't give me a refund.
1: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey. Those dudes sling merch. You oh. don't think they, oh, yes you're not going to get, get a refund from those guys.
0: <laughs> That's, they deserve good it.
1: Guys, good guys, better salesmen.
0: Yeah, I, there, there are worse people to give your money to, believe me. So I, oh, I, have, I had no problem buying the merch.
1: You know, uh, when I think of Love as a Battlefield uh, from Fest Wrestling, I always think of the very end of the first one. Uh, At the end of that long tag team tournament when the team called Twins, Brian Cage and Sammy Callahan, won the first ever uh, Love Cup for Fest Wrestling. And they began to play the song Love is a Battlefield uh, over the awards ceremony as Tony Weinbinder got in and gave them the trophy. And uh, they put on the silly heart glasses and had big Love uh, Cups, actually. Love Cups. Uh, Imagine that. And (laughs) that was... uh, That's what I always think of, is that song playing, those two dudes uh, celebrating their victory, and as usual, just one more in a long, long list of really fun memories from Fest Wrestling. And this Sunday will be no exception, and I can't wait to, to sit down with Max and talk about it. Nor can I, Darren. I know, I know, I know. But it's coming. It's coming soon. But before we could talk about the Battle for the Love Cup... Before we can have Max Gregg on the show, and before we get into breaking down that Elimination Chamber, first got to talk about
0: headlines.
1: We always hate to start off an episode of the whole and show with bad news, but uh, we, we have no other choice, and unfortunately, uh, we have to report on the passing of WWE Hall of Famer Pedro Morales. Pedro Morales died this week at the age of 76 after a long, long battle with Parkinson's disease. The world-renowned Puerto Rican wrestler who spent the majority of his life in the continental United States was a hero to Puerto Ricans and Latin Americans all. And he also represented New York City and the WWWF for a very long time as one of the longest-tenured WWWF champions. Of course, nobody can <laughs> approach Bruno's record, but Pedro Morales, uh, representing uh, an ethnicity at a specific time, in a specific place, uh, was a very, very big deal. Pedro Morales broke down a lot of barriers in doing that. He had a lengthy career beginning in 1959, and he actually stayed in the ring until 1987, Um, actually returning to the WWF once Vince Jr. took over the company and knocked that extra W out of the name. And uh, under Vince Jr.'s guidance, and that is the Vince McMahon that you know and love. Or at least know. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Uh, Under his guidance, Pedro Morales would actually be one of the longest reigning intercontinental champions as well. Pedro Morales made quite an impact on the wrestling business. Uh, Once he retired from the ring, he couldn't disappear completely from the wrestling spotlight, and he did spend some time in WCW, and that would be his final job, serving as a Spanish commentator for World Championship Wrestling. And Pedro Morales, despite being away from the wrestling spotlight for decades now, uh, is nevertheless a very impactful part of wrestling history. I know that the WWE is likely to celebrate him greatly. You know, he actually went into the Hall of Fame in 1995, and that was before the Hall of Fame looked anything like it does now. By going in 1995, he is one of the very first Entrance into the WWE Hall of Fame Which of course at the time would have still been The WWF Hall of Fame And to go in that early Means not only did he have a remarkable Career but he was also the kind Of person that did Not burn bridges or Hold grudges As we know the McMahon family Is famous for keeping people Out of the Hall of Fame If they were either trouble In general or trouble To the McMahons Pedro Morales, remarkably, neither of those things. So, obviously, a consummate professional, consummate businessman, and a man who uh, clearly knew which side his bread was buttered on, and uh, had to make all kinds of, uh, uh, speaking of bread, had to make all kinds of bread in his heyday. So, it is unfortunate to report on his passing, but at the age of 76, he uh, he lived a long and successful life, and uh, it was a dear, dear favorite to many wrestling fans of multiple generations.
0: That is accurate. Uh, Not much to add to that, Darren. Well said. Uh, Pedro Morales, one of the greats, unfortunately now one of the late greats. Uh, But I I will continue, just so you know, Darren, I will continue using my Pedro Morales joke uh, because I have morals, Darren. I have Pedro morals. (laughs)
1: That's one of my favorite jokes. (laughs) It goes back a a very, very long way. I think you've been
0: saying that joke to me for ah, nigh on 20 years. Yeah, probably. Uh, I knew what side of my bread was buttered on as well. So, Uh, (laughs) Godspeed, Pedro Morales, and uh, RIP, my friend. Thoughts with friends and family of uh, Pedro. And uh, from bad news to more bad news, Jimmy Uso. Uh, having a little bit of trouble with the law. Not the first time uh, we've uttered that on this very podcast, Darren. You may recall back in uh, 2011, uh, <laughs> Jimmy Uso had a DUI, and in 2013, I uh, got in trouble for driving with a suspended license. But uh, uh, that that Uso's—he's he, a bad boy. It's not just a gimmick, Darren. Uh, he's he's down for that day one-ish, apparently.
1: Well, the the he's—I mean, the problem is that. He keeps talking to him about lockdown. Dude's gonna end up in lockdown, and it ain't gonna be in the Uso
0: penitentiary. <laughs> <laughs> this, this, this is very true. Very true. Uh, Jimmy Uso no. was Jimmy Uso was arrested uh, following a drunken dispute in Detroit. Uh, him and his wife, uh, you may know her as Naomi, uh, WWE star Naomi, uh, was pulled over. Uh, when Naomi, who was driving the car, was actually driving the wrong way down a one-way street. Which, just reading that makes me think of Naked Gun. Um, normally, you would not be going 65 down the wrong way of a one-way street. Um, so, I, I laugh at that. So, the cop pulls him over, and uh, apparently the vehicle reeks, quote-unquote, reeks of booze. Uh, so, he asked Naomi to step out of the car. Uh, Jimmy Uso gets out of the car, even though he was asked to not get out of the car. Uh, not only that, to make matters worse, Jimmy Uso took his shirt off and, quote, squared up as if he wanted to fight. Uh, the uh, police officer actually drew his taser in self defense just in case. Um, but Jimmy Uso eventually kind of calmed down and complied and decided to go ahead and go with the officer. So he spent, uh, I guess, a night maybe in jail, uh, but he posted okay, on. Okay,
1: hold on. I hate, I, I, I'm sorry to interrupt here, but how, first of all, how drunk do you have to be? to take your shirt off and threaten to fist fight a police officer. Jimmy Uso drunk, apparently. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, then, and then, like, okay, how extra drunk do you have to be to do that knowing that you are a celebrity? Now, I don't care if you are Academy Award-winning actor. I don't care if you're the President of the United States. Or if, you know, you're a guy who's you know, did a local lottery voiceover on the radio. Like if you people know you, like if people know you, you have, then you have a certain amount of celebrity. And I would say that the Usos as WWE superstars have a considerable amount of celebrity. Even if that cop doesn't know who he is, TMZ is dying to get their hands on this kind of stuff. So how extra drunk do you have to be knowing you're a celebrity to then take off your shirt and threaten to fist fight a police officer? Darren, alcohol is a hell of a drug. Look <laughs> okay, at a third layer then. How drunk do you have to be to be a celebrity and take your shirt off and threaten to fist fight a police officer and then decide not to? Like once you've made the decision, if you're so drunk and so mad and so out of it that you made the decision, how in less than six hours did you sober up enough to go? Nah, nah, I'm just kidding. Let's let's go to jail.
0: Well, when the cop pulled a taser out, then it's kind of like, eh, I can see where this can go bad for me. Uh, or you know, maybe if for some reason I persist after being tased, it might be a gun. Instead of a taser being pulled, I mean, and I'm yeah, you know, the, the police officer had every right to. Oh, the, there's a there's a fit dude who's very angry and very drunk, you know, who wants to beat the shit out of me. I'm gonna have to defend myself, so um, I'm not taking sides there. I think the officer did the right thing, but uh, Jimmy, so uh, it, it's just not advised to uh, start fights with cops. And um, but like like I said, he did calm down. Uh, I don't know how many drinks he had. That's that's not in the report, Darren, but. Um, I guess things ended as well as they could be. Also, Naomi was obviously, uh, maybe, in, I, I it doesn't say that she was, but maybe she was if she was driving the wrong way down a one-way street, or maybe they do a lot of traveling, she didn't know the area. So I, I won't speculate, but uh, it went well. from, it, it did go from bad to worse. We can say that, but uh, luckily it stopped at, he took his shirt off and, and bowed up at the officer. Uh, so that, that that's a good thing. Wait, what's a good thing? It's a good it thing stopped? that it, that yeah that that it stopped. It didn't escalate into <laughs> Jimmy Uso shot dead by cops because <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, depending uh, on I, how I, impaired, well, depending on how impaired your judgment is, how many drinks you have, like shit escalates, you know, whatever. But uh, WWE did issue the shortest statement I have ever seen, which basically reads, you know, uh, Jimmy Uso is responsible for his own personal life and actions, more or less. And it's kind of like, yeah, that's kind of all you need to say. Like, we didn't tell him to go do that. <laughs> we, we didn't book him to go fight somebody, um, as we typically do. So, anyway, uh, hopefully that's, that, that's the end of the Usos being in trouble, because uh, it does tend to happen every now and again. <laughs> it does. Unfortunately,
1: uh, usually there's a line in the sand you don't want to cross if it keeps happening time and again to a single person um and i hope for the usos sake uh because i know that the uh his brother
0: his twin brother was arrested not that long ago right uh, for a dui absolutely and they went into a tag team match with that dui and it's like oh they're definitely not winning because that whole thing but they ended up winning the tag team belts uh, I, i do recall but i do wonder speaking of people getting into trouble and uh, being on the bad side of the McMahon's and getting uh, <laughs> and getting and paying the price for it, Dean Ambrose, Dean Ambrose, who we all know is on his way out of WWE, uh, he's kind of uh, t- he's 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 getting his his slaps there there to put it to put it eloquently in wrestling terms, he's being jobbed out, and yeah. uh, I think they're going for the ultimate insult here with his house show match that's currently booked, where he's taking on none other than Nia Jax.
1: Yeah, what is the deal here? I've got a lot of questions about this, but like you just mentioned, I think that it's certain... My questions don't begin with this match, but my questions splinter into a thousand new questions with this match. WWE announced that at an upcoming live event, uh, aka house show... Dean Ambrose will be in a special attraction intergender match against Nia Jax. Now, as we have reported on this show and is pretty well known everywhere, Dean Ambrose has stated he will not be resigning with WWE. Now, you and I both already talked about how it's weird that WWE has talked about it as much as they have. Typically, that absolutely does not happen because, one... WWE doesn't want anything appearing to possibly be negative, which someone announcing they're not going to resign immediately begins speculation. And most speculation would shine negatively on WWE. Number two, you don't want to up this person's uh, value by spotlighting them, by making sure in case anybody
0: didn't know, hey, this person's about to be a free agent. Right, well, you don't book someone to win the the heavyweight championship (laughs) when you know they're leaving the company. Hence Dean Ambrose's very, very short Intercontinental Championship run after he defeated Seth Rollins.
1: Well, exactly. And and, and all of that kind of combines to really confuse me. Uh, If you're going to go ahead and do all that, if you're WWE, just take him off of TV. Meanwhile, the stories that are are brewing, like, first of all, yeah, they may be putting Dean Ambrose versus Nia Jax uh, to humiliate him in some sort of way, but remember, wrestling is predetermined, and it's just a house show, so really, it's not on national TV, it's not on the network, it's not going to be filmed, so nobody's really going to remember it. And it's not like Nia Jax has ill will toward Dean Ambrose. It's not like she's going to go out there and like humiliate him. So if this is all a sh- complete shoot, he could
0: just not do it. Right? Or just, or I mean, just lay down in the ring if he wanted to. I mean, and that's what you said just now about Nia Jax having no ill will toward Dean Ambrose. I'm sure the feeling mutual. So if, if, WWE is pushing Nia Jackson this way, where they're even talking about putting her on the men's roster. Um, then Dean Ambrose isn't gonna, you know, he's not gonna be the guy that's like, no, fuck that, that's stupid. He'll be like, okay, I'll, I'll, help you out, you know, on my way out. And like you said, Darren, wrestling is fake. Someone tell Vince McMahon that it doesn't matter who loses to who, that they were told to lose to whoever. Um but no, I mean McMahon, you know him, he's gonna hold a grudge. You mentioned that we talked about the Hall of Fame uh people being kept out. I mean and that's accurate. But I mean he'll he'll quote unquote job Ambrose out to everyone. He is a former WWE heavyweight champion um, so it's, it's, and I'm not even against people who are leaving, making everyone look good on their way out. That's totally fine. But it seems like Vince McMahon is making it a point in this case to really get Dean Ambrose and try to take away his credibility. So it doesn't matter where he ends up to me. that that, that That's the worst part about this is McMahon is like trying his best to like, how do we make him look stupid? We'll make him pee himself. Oh no, no. Uh, old Drake Maverick's already done that. <laughs>
1: Well, and and I would agree that that would be the worst part, Um, but are they trying for a worst part? Are they trying to embarrass him, ruin him, lower his resale value? (laughs) What are they doing? Because at the same time as all of this stuff is being reported, the same time there are reports coming out that uh, because of what Ambrose said to Seth Rollins sort of uh, on, on Raw this week where he sort of, uh, I guess buried the hatchet after this long feud ever since Ambrose left the shield in its most recent iteration. Ambrose tells Rollins on Raw, Slay the Beast. As in, like, all right, let's let bygones be bygones. We're never going to be best friends again, but hey, Seth, for what it's worth, I'm out of here. Slay the Beast. Be brought Lesnar, blah, 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 common enemy, blah, blah, blah. But now the speculation has begun if Roman Reigns is healthy enough to shoot a movie, he's healthy enough to make a one-off appearance. You know, maybe he doesn't need to go back on the road as a wrestler, but they're saying in a one-off Roman Reigns appearance and in Dean Ambrose's final appearance, that Reigns and Ambrose will come help Rollins beat Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania in one curtain call for The Shield before Reigns goes back into treatment for leukemia and Ambrose goes wherever he, he's going into the sunset or to uh, <coughs> AEW, but uh, <laughs> so there's that is so a why are you going to humiliate Ambrose and then regardless of if it works or not you're going to give him a moment in the sun there right at the very end and whatever damage they think they're doing I can guarantee you will be immediately undone in that moment because That'll probably be a cool moment. However, you feel about the Shield, however you feel about Roman Reigns, that'll be a probably a pretty cool moment. And then the thing I'm really confused about is why are they putting not Are they seriously
0: thinking about putting Nia Jax in the men's division? Is that just how much bigger Nia Jax is compared to all the women on the uh, roster? I mean, besides Tamina Snuka, that's kind of it. Like. You have whopping 110-pounders 100, you know, on your roster, um, and Nia Jax is, what, 275, 300 pounds? I think, I think she's billed at 285. Okay, yeah. So right right in there, right in that little cushion. Um, so, yeah, I mean, obviously— which it's is a,
1: pretty big.
0: <laughs> which which is, is, it, it's, I mean,
1: think about the 1987 Hulk Hogan, who was supposed to be, like, the biggest human being in the world besides Andre the Giant— Hogan was billed at 303. Oh wow. And Nia, and Nia Jax in 2019 is being billed at 285. I mean, that is like a a frog's hair worth of difference.
0: Well, sure. Um and WWE, they're getting closer and closer to it without actually announcing that it's been done, uh, 205 lives aside, but it kind of needs to be like weight classes for different titles. Because um, there's plenty of heavyweights to fight for the heavyweight championship, plenty of lighter guys to fight for like the IC belts, um, and of course the cruiserweight title speaks for itself. But with the women, you can't really do that because they're all pretty much the same, the same build, the same weight, except for extremes like Nia Jax, who's like you know three Alexa Blisses basically. And I'm not I'm not trying to be a jerk either, but I'm just I mean, it is what it is. I mean, you're when you're in a combat sport, fake or no. Um, that that's kind of a big deal. There's a reason Nia Jax keeps pulverizing these women in matches because she's a big... She's a big brute. I mean, she is... And that's what she is, and that's what she's billed as. Because she is! I mean, if, if there were a guy that size, you would book him exactly the way you need to book Nia Jax. we talked about it on the show plenty of times. Like, there we're, we're not... I mean, all fairness to the women's evolution, all that stuff, then you're going to have to... If you want to talk about equality, then we're talking about combat sports. There are people who who fit certain types because of their size, because of their appearance. That has to go with the women too. All right. Nia Jax, like I said, is, is twice the size of any other woman on that roster. Again, not counting Tamina Snuka. So you have to book her that way. You have to use her, her, her size to her advantage because that's what you do. That's why she can thrive in something like the world of wrestling because she is a big woman who's got some athleticism to her. Right. And there's
1: two ways to look at that. One if you just continue the way wrestling has always kind of been And you don't give much credence to weight divisions Then who cares? You you simply play up her big size and her advantage Or you kind of do with her like they did with Andre Make her be unbeatable But just not care about the championship Make her that special attraction And she exists sort of parallel to the championship, and you don't have to state that outright. You just do it. You know, the problem is that everybody is focused, I don't know, it's so strange, the cycle that we're in right now where people actually are concerned about the belts. Like, you know, I used to want that. I I used to want more of that because I always said hashtag if wrestling were real – wouldn't the championship be the only reason anybody was ever in the business? Right. But instead, we we spent years going, no, this guy just wants to be cooler than this guy. Or this guy <laughs> just wants to sleep with this guy's wife. Right. Or this guy just wants to fuck this guy over. Or this guy wants to bury people because he's an undertaker. <laughs> like, you know. And so in so many ways, in so many companies over so many years, we got away from wanting – people just wanting the championship, wanting to be the best in their chosen profession. And now that they're doing it, now that we got what we want, it's kind of a be careful what you wish for because the entire focus becomes about the championship. And therefore the champion is celebrated and everybody else is just kind of like meh and – That's honestly the way the crowd has now been trained to react. And if somebody's not a contender, then they're meh. And they eventually go the way of the Dodo. And that's going to make it extra hard to do something with Nia in the women's division other than have her be like a 10-year
0: reigning champion. Or you could, you know, book women that are about her size. Uh, You can hire more of them on the roster. So Naya's not just sitting around going, well... I'm so large, there's no one to wrestle, apparently. They don't know what to do with me. Because that's kind of been Nia Jax for the past, ever since she came to WWE, basically. Um, So, I mean, there's other other bigger women out there that could easily, you know, jump in there and be credible threats to Nia Jax. But as it is, if you put her in the ring with anyone, it's kind of like, how could anyone beat her if wrestling were real? Which it isn't. Um, so that's weird. So I don't know what's going on with Nia Jax. We'll have to wait and see. Dean Ambrose, it's also a mystery, much like Evolution, Darren. Um, <laughs> Evolution, to mystery. <laughs> um, so Dean Ambrose fighting, uh, Nia Jax or fighting women might become a common thing for Dean Ambrose in the future, anyway. Because if he does leave, a lot of people think he might be going toward AEW All Elite Wrestling. Someone did sign recently to AEW. We have to mention this, folks. It's a big headline. No one saw this coming. Darren Beasley, Kenny Omega has signed with All Elite Wrestling.
1: Do what now?
0: Kenny Omega. Everyone thought for sure. Hey, he won't he won't go with his best friends into this new exciting wrestling endeavor. He'll probably go to WWE. Uh, no, you were wrong. You mean the member of the Elite is going to All Elite Wrestling? It surprised me too when I read that. Uh Why hell you say? <laughs> so yeah, Kenny Omega signed with uh, AEW. Worth mentioning because it did happen and it's a big deal because it's official, but hardly a headline. But I think more of the headline there for AEW is uh, All In 2 has officially sold out at record timing. And by sold out, we mean all the tickets went to StubHub and they're over $1,000. Um, but congratulations to them for that happening. It's nice because AEW already looked promising, but now even more so, it's looking financially promising, which is good because them cons have a lot invested in this whole wrestling endeavor, Darren.
1: Yeah, and we don't mean <laughs> we don't mean cons
0: C-O-N-S. We mean cons K-H-A-N-S. Right, and we don't mean SheoCon. Uh, from Mortal Kombat. (laughs) No, we don't.
1: And uh, uh, although now I can see in the future, I can see if AEW really takes off somebody making a meme of Vince McMahon yelling and it's
0: uh, Captain Kirk's voice screaming, (laughs) Khan! Well, I mean, Khan is becoming his, his new Ted Turner. I mean, that is happening. We talked about... We, we talked about the parallels that are drawn, the similarities between AEW and WCW. Uh, you know, millionaires getting into the wrestling business erodes, kind of like uh, in, in the, the higher-up position. Um, it's, it's, you know, history repeating itself. But we don't want to get into that. Are you still so excited about AEW, Darren? Am I still excited about AEW? Sure. Of course I am. I'm,
1: if, if anything, I'm more excited than ever. I was so excited that I actually listened to the most recent episode of Chris Jericho's podcast because he was interviewing Tony Khan. And you know who doesn't listen to the person that he's interviewing? Chris Jericho. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to give you a chance to answer that because, all right, I I, I, I don't think, I know we have always found a point of pride in letting our uh, interviewees talk and listening to them and responding to them, like having a conversation. Because that's what good conversations are.
0: Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. No, no, it's, it's good conversation. Very good conversation, Darren. But uh, you're looking looking at you through the, the computer here on Skype. I can see that your beard needs a little bit of trimming. So you know what? I want you to go down to Dollar Shave Club, Darren. That's right, Dollar Shave Club. Go to the Dollar Shave Club app <laughs> and download the app. And uh, if, if you type in whole reference show, the whole reference show uh, wrestling podcast, you get 10% off. That's right, 10% off, baby. 10% off for the whole reference show. That's the Dollar Shave Club. I use it every do- – I'm using it right now. I'm shaving right now, and uh, it's great. And we're talking about wrestling, and
2: uh, <laughs> I always yeah. like
0: Jericho's forced commercials. He he tries so hard to make them natural, and they're so obviously not natural. But, uh, hey, he's I, making well, money I off de- his podcast.
1: I, I, <laughs> I definitely need to uh, add a disclaimer there that if you type in the whole ref and show uh, as the promo code on Dollar <laughs> <up> <laughs> it will not give you 10% off dear listener. You'll have
0: to pay 10% more as a matter of fact. <laughs> so do not type that in. Uh it's it's just save your money and don't type that in. Um but I you know I and I'm not just putting us over. I think you will
1: I think you're probably thinking what I'm thinking right now, which is Renee Young. Renee Young is one of the best interviewers in wrestling history. Maybe in the history of interviews, I have—I mean, this woman I know she had uh, like a, a a news background, like a like a television news background. But Renee Young's interview style is seamless; it is effortless, and that woman thinks fast on her feet. That's why she was a natural to become a, a commentator as well. But as an interviewer, man, nobody compares to Renee Young. Uh, except maybe Perry Smith and Darren Beasley. Well, of course. But I'm saying I've heard a lot of podcasts on a lot of different topics, and I've heard a million interviews in my lifetime. Chris Jericho, I I can't believe, I just, I don't understand. He just doesn't let people talk, and then he doesn't listen to their answers. <laughs> Tony, He must have asked Tony Khan how he got the idea to do AEW, like, 20 times, and, like, about halfway through, Tony Khan just begins to be like, well, as I've said before, I've been interested in this my whole life. And Chris Jericho's like, so you you got interested last week? And he's like, no, (laughs) I've been interested my whole life. So anyway, well, Jericho,
0: Jericho, Jericho's getting old brain, Darren, uh, and he's fallen on his head quite a bit. So that's what happens. So, well, I'm not, you know, I'm taking nothing away from the career of Chris Jericho
1: and I still like to watch him wrestle. I enjoyed his New Japan work and I'm looking forward to his AEW work. Just saying not a great interviewer, but um, not everybody can be as good as us. Not everybody can be as good as Renee Young or as humble Uh, as us. So, Tony Khan, please come on the whole reference show. And uh, if you give us an answer to one of our questions, we'll remember it. <laughs> uh, I, guess, I guess what I'm saying is if Tony Khan doesn't come on the whole reference show, I do hope he gives uh, his time and uh, his, his effort and energy to another uh, solid interview where we can really learn uh, some nuts and bolts of this whole AEW thing. Because I think he went on Jericho's podcast, one, because he's now Jericho's boss, uh, and thought that this guy has a lot of listeners. This will be good. But in the end, I don't think he really got all the message he wanted to get out there. I mean, he was really excited about talking about going to ECW Arena and being a tape trader and all this stuff. And Jericho's just like, blah, 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 bla, dollar shape club. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. So, like, Uh, I don't know, but yeah, going back and I guess wrapping this up, Kenny Omega, not a surprise that he's gone to AEW, but nevertheless, a cool confirmation, because while Omega in WWE would have been neat, and I still would like to see it one day before he's too old
0: uh, to matter, I think AEW is a much smarter decision. Nice, very nice. So I asked you, Darren, if you were still excited about AEW, and you know that I've said in the past that if someone asks someone a question, typically it's because they want the same question asked of themselves, Uh, and for someone who remembers Uh, my Pedro Morales joke... Perry, Perry. Okay, yeah. Yeah.
1: Hey, Perry. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Um, Are you still excited about AEW? I'm glad you asked me that, Darren. Uh, and this might be an uh, unpopular opinion here, folks, so I'm going to preface it with that. Oh, my God. I'm starting to feel about AEW the same way I'm feeling about Marvel's Captain Marvel movie. It hasn't even come out yet, and I'm already exhausted by it. Wow. Because there is so much build up for it. I, I look at Instagram, I see an ad for one or the other. I go to Facebook, I see someone talking about or an ad for one or the other. For for so much of it to exist without it existing yet is just exhausting. So not saying it won't be good, much like Captain Marvel won't be good. It just needs to come out so I can form an opinion about it and, and stop hearing about how much I'm going to love it. It's it's That's how I feel about it. So No, that's fair. That's fair. I disagree. But that's fair fair. Okay. Um, Can't disagree with how I feel about something, but go ahead.
1: (laughs) No, I mean, no, 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 no. I'm just saying, I I guess disagree is not the right word, then. I don't feel the same way. There you go. Okay. I don't think Captain Marvel will be a very good movie. Whoa. Therefore, Therefore, I don't care about the hype or the lack of it or the abundance of it or anyone's opinion about it or their opinions about the hype. I think I'm going to be excited to see The scrolls, and that's the only thing that I will carry away from that movie, is hopefully, because it's set in the 90s, right? Yeah, well, half of it is, sure. Okay, so if half of it's set in the 1990s, then maybe they'll play some Nirvana, maybe we'll get uh, like an AOL joke, or uh, like a <laughs> dial-up modem joke. Right. You know, maybe we'll get something like that, like, uh, you know... There there won't be a there won't be a Triskelion yet. Uh and Nick Fury's got an eye and you know Triskelion,
0: by the way. I'm glad that you use that term on the show.
1: <laughs> and you know, like, you know, Nick Fury will make some uh, oh even Shield's got dial-up modem of fifty-six k <laughs> <in> <laughs> Um <laughs> Yes. So, if that's the case... I want to see
0: the Triskelion running off of a dial-up modem. Oh, God. (laughs) I want to see that so badly now. So,
1: if that's the case, that part of that movie will be good. So, 90s references and the scrolls will be good. Otherwise, I could care less about that movie. Um, AEW, on the other hand, I am super stoked about. It is... Unfortunate that there's so much time between the announcement of it and their first actual show. That is what's killing it for me. Um, not killing my enthusiasm, but it is going to, the momentum is going to wane. It's going to get worse before it Will gets it,
0: better. It is going to wane. Will it also Garth? <laughs> right.
1: uh, if it wanes, it must wax. Oh, and, uh, Okay. But uh, which which also sounds a
0: lot like Ween and Wax. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, which are two '90s bands <laughs> that will be referenced or will not be referenced in Marvel's Captain Marvel. Which how odd is it that we're getting a Captain Marvel movie and a Shazam movie, who is also Captain Marvel, and they're both coming out at the same time? That's very weird. That, uh, that blows my mind more than anything we've talked about on this show so far. That has blown my mind. Actually, that blows my mind more than anything we've ever talked about in the other 116 episodes of the whole reference show. Wow, that's big. I mean, there's been a lot of moments. There's been a lot of revelations.
1: There's been some hashtag real-ass shit said on this show by us and our guests it's true. And that's the most amazing thing. That's the most mind-blowing thing.
0: I don't make the rules, Darren. Well, I mean, I, I guess I make some, but I don't make all the
1: rules. <laughs> now, I will say though, that 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 weird Captain Marvel Shazam occurrence. If you had told me back in the sixth grade, back when I got Wizard magazine, like issues five through twelve, and I'm looking at like wish lists of casting for comic book movies that will never be made. If you had told me that they would make so many comic book movies that they'd eventually get around to making a Carol Danvers uh, (laughs) and a Billy Batson movie, I would say, what dimension are you from? (laughs) And Uh, why why are you came? And why are you came?
0: Exactly. (laughs) Yes, uh, yes, yes.
1: Exactly, and uh, I, I will say this: I, I bet the Captain Marvel movie, if it has '90s references and scrolls, and that's it, and everything else is bad, it will still be better than that Shazam movie because, other than the Shazam costume, I think every single choice they've made for that movie is the wrong choice.
0: Wow! So, wow! It's more of like Big meets Shazam kind of a deal. It's gar- it's garbage,
1: is what it is. Whoa, whoa. Easy, easy that killer. There's one was one way to tell a Shazam story and only one way, and it was the kingdom come way. Yeah, I understand that things have silly beginnings, cartoonish beginnings, faucet comics, what have you. Uh to, to take that and run to the the bad end of that logical spectrum, that's the wrong conclusion. They drew the wrong conclusion. Big surprise, it's DC comic book movies. (laughs) Wait, is this a wrestling podcast anymore? Uh, I think our fans
0: are wondering the same thing, Darren. Suffice it to say, I will not be seeing the Shazam movie because it's going to suck. Wow. Well, I will reserve judgment until it comes out. It doesn't mean I'm going to go watch it, but I won't say it's awful until I see it. Uh, And I feel that same way about AEW. Though it feels like we have to wait a very long time for that next AEW show. By that, I mean the first AEW show. Uh, Speaking of waiting long times to watch cool indie feds wrestling, Fest Wrestling is back, Darren. They are back this weekend for Love is a Battlefield 3, the third outing for Fest Wrestling's Love Cup Battle Royal. By that, I mean Tag Team Tournament. (laughs) Um, it is it is a tag team tournament for that Coveted Love Cup, and uh, it's always fun to see those happen. It's always really cool to see what tag teams are involved in the tournament, but you know what? Let's get into it, you and I, but let's bring someone with us. Let's bring our good buddy Max Gregg in to talk about Fest Wrestling.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, hashtag dear listeners, all this is my favorite part of the whole Refn show, and it's when we get to talk about one of our favorite organizations in all of professional wrestling—that favorite indie wrestling fed of ours, Fest Wrestling, out of Gainesville, Florida, at the Eight Second Saloon on February the seventeenth, two thousand nineteen. This Sunday, Love is a Battlefield three. And we're going to talk all about it. We've got to at least lay out the brackets for this tag team tournament. And it's not just me talking about it. It's not just Perry Smith talking about it. No, we are joined by one half of the best announced team in all of professional wrestling, Fest Wrestling's own Max Gregg. Welcome, Max.
2: Uh, Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure to be back
1: absolutely it's our pleasure indeed to have you back on the show and i'm just gonna say this guys it's been too long since a fest
2: wrestling show i agree i am uh eager to get back down in that florida sun and warm up with some uh fest wrestling It'd be good to see some familiar faces including you
1: yeah absolutely yeah. max you're still in pittsburgh right
2: I sure am.
1: Okay, I know that you uh, said that you've got a bunch of different things going on, and I just didn't know if that involved moving or relocating. So, uh, no, that's very cool. So for all of those listening, we are coming to you from Pittsburgh, Los Angeles, and the Dirty South, Valdosta, Georgia. And uh, and yet Gainesville, Florida is where we are all
0: turning our our, our eyes this weekend. That's right. Hopefully a little bit more warm in the south than it is right now in uh, Los Angeles. It's actually been raining quite a bit here in uh, La La Land, though I, I can't complain about cold weather. I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure Philadelphia's got some, some cold weather going on right now. Is that true, Max?
2: Uh, who gives a shit about Philadelphia, but Pittsburgh's pretty cold and rainy.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was like, wait a minute, that's not right. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. How, how are things in uh, old Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania? I should learn my uh, I should learn my states uh, a little bit better.
2: Yeah. Um it, it was really cold. It finally like warmed up and now it's just been like cold and rainy, but you know, pretty terrible, but you know, <laughs> it makes us stronger people or that's what we tell ourselves.
0: Well, that's why they call it the Pittsburgh plunge cuz how cold it is.
2: Yeah, for sure.
1: The whole fucking country is rainy. What's what, what's what is that? Is it El Nino?
2: I'll take it over snow. Maybe it's El Chapo.
1: Yeah, it was probably, probably El Chapo. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, hopefully, uh, things warm in the uh, South this Sunday for Fest Wrestling's Love is a Battlefield three. It's the third time around. It's the third time a whole bunch of tag teams battled for that coveted Love Cup. The only thing almost as coveted as those Fest Wrestling Tag Team belts. In fact, the Love Cup has existed longer than those Fest Wrestling Tag Team belts. In the past, the winners of the Love Cup Tag Team Tournament have included twins, the team of Brian Cage and Sammy Callahan, as well as the Gym Nasty Boys of last year's uh love is a battlefield this year who knows a lot of uh very familiar fest tag teams coming back for this uh third annual love cup battle but uh some new ones as well let's uh let's get into this let's let's talk about uh, the tag teams involved the first one we're talking about though uh no strangers to fest wrestling uh, we just mentioned them actually last year's winners the gymnasty boys taking on high profile
2: Yeah, Gymnasty boys are actually just coming off a loss against the team Grit. So, uh, yeah, last year they won the whole thing and were the first ever tag champs. But this year there's already a team that has a recent win over them, so they have uh, some redemption to get through this tournament. Uh, They're going against High Profile, who we haven't seen in a while. And I know Shay Shea was injured so it'll be interesting to see if he's back at 100 percent. yeah it should be a great high flying match
0: no doubt about that uh clearly folks as we mentioned before we are broadcasting from three different areas in the continent here so it might sound a little shady at at points i'm gonna go ahead and put that out there right now uh so you sound like a robot max but (laughs) i i totally understand what you're saying um High profile, if if they compete, hopefully they will be competing. Uh, like you said, though, Shea might not be at 100%, but I don't think he's going to miss an opportunity like this to win the Love Cup. Uh, but when it comes to these two teams, it's hard to beat the Gymnasties. What do you think, Darren? Uh,
1: I would think that, I mean, I'm going to put my money on the Gymnasties probably for, maybe for the whole thing. I, I mean, that may be a risky bet, but uh, so I'm not going to pick it yet. But uh, I definitely think that the Nasties can take out high profile. Um, just that, I think the, the, the Fest Edge alone. Gymnasties are one of those that really embody
0: Fest. And uh, you put them in that atmosphere and they really shine. Uh, who else oh. we got here? We got uh, Team Stars taking on Effie Loves Beastly. Former Fest Wrestling champion Effie. Fan favorite Effie along with uh, Beastly. Another fan favorite of Fest Wrestling.
2: Yeah, Effie, um, it, it's interesting. This is his, like, a first match outside of the main event scene of Fest Wrestling. So, uh, seeing him team up with a familiar face of Beastly, who is always scratching and clawing for a better position at Fest Wrestling, going against some newcomers in Team C Stars, who I know have experience in Chikara Wrestling and Shimmer and Shine. So, um... Yeah, they might be more cohesive team out of the two, but, uh, you know, Effie's a former champ and Beastly always competes at a high level at Fest Wrestling. You know,
1: you said Beastly scratching and clawing. You know, some of that scratching, I think, is because of fleas. Um, but uh, so <laughs> Team C Stars, uh, I did not realize they had such an extensive resume. That's very exciting. And uh, what is what is a sea star? Is it the same thing as a sand dollar?
2: I'm uh, I'm not I'm 100 percent sure, but I they definitely have an aquatic theme going on. So uh, you you're probably correct. Yeah.
1: Well, maybe maybe we can pay them in sand dollars, and, or something like the Flintstones would do. Like, right? <laughs> <laughs> what did the Flintstones pay with? Uh,
0: was it clams? clams?
2: Clams. Like, yeah, it was clams.
0: Okay, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad I got that figured out. Uh, <laughs> so it'll be cool to see Team Sea Stars in action. Always nice to see new faces at Fest Wrestling. And again, Effie. Effie and Beastly together. It's, it's poetry in motion. Speaking of love being a battlefield, what bigger tag team uh, full of love could you have besides Effie and Beastly? The fans love them. I love them. Effie loves Beastly. And there you have it.
1: And I'm not, you know, I can't, I am never pretended to be impartial. And uh, so uh, whether or not they win, I know I'm going to be cheering for Effie loves Beastly because you got to go with Effie. got to go with our guy Effie. Hashtag front of the show, Effie. Right. And my 2018 number one wrestler of the year. I recall. I do recall. It'll be interesting to see him back here in tag team action, though. But there's still four more matches to go just in the first round. Uh, Max, who we got next?
2: Third matchup will be the Metro Brothers versus Fabulous Fitness, which we saw those two teams face off uh, against each other and also the Coda in a triple threat matchup. We are family, too in which Fabulous Fitness walked out victorious. So they're kind of coming in with a competitive edge in this one. Uh, Metro Brothers, obviously those guys don't have a nice bone in their body, so uh, (laughs) it would be interesting to see this matchup. Fabulous Fitness do have that recent win over the team. This is true.
0: Uh you won't find a more no-frills tag team than the Metro brothers are all about. They're all about some some hashtag S.E. Hinton shit showing up like the outsiders. <laughs> and I don't mean Hall and Nash, by the way. Um they're they're dressed up like greasers, basically, just again, no nonsense guys taking on fabulous fitness. And they've got the the workout spirit, they've got the Twinkies. Uh, it's, it's They're very gimmicked, I, I will definitely say. So I'm interested in just seeing these two duke it out.
2: Yeah, and technically fabulous fitness, although only one match undefeated in Fest Wrestling.
0: Oh, definitely. For how long, though? For how long will this streak go?
1: Well, you know, it could go from 1-0 and to, I guess, they could be 4-0 and by the time this night ends.
2: Yeah, and... Uh, Whoever wins the tournament gets the shot at the belt, so they could go five and zero and have some new championships around their waist. That's, that's very true.
1: That's straight that's Goldberg true. action right there. So, uh, you know.
0: <laughs> and when I think of fabulous fitness, I think of Goldberg. <laughs> <laughs> I think of Twinkies, but I I often think of Twinkies. Uh, well, we'll see what happens there. Uh, moving on, Southside Films. Southside Films taking on G-R-I-T. That spells Grit, and I would not want to be Southside Films because Grit terrifies me.
2: We saw movie maker Mike from uh, Southside Films in the PBR uh, Battle Royal at We Are Family, but uh, they're going against Grit, who were just two big, mean dudes, and they they defeated Gymnasty Boys. (laughs) at our last show. So they're coming in just, I mean, they've had three matches in fest wrestling. Two of them were multi-man matches and they lost. They weren't part of the decisions. First time we saw them in singles action, they defeat the first ever fest champs. Just I think these guys are going to plow through this tournament. Um, It's going to be like a destruction site on Sunday.
0: Absolutely. I think Grit is kind of the team to have your eyes on because they might just come through like a wrecking ball, Miley Cyrus style. I can't believe I said that. (laughs) Um, But uh, they've showed their dominance in the past.
1: How how did you make a Miley Cyrus reference and I did?
0: (laughs) I guess I've been spending too much time with you, Darren. We should probably (laughs) not podcast for a while. Uh, But no, Grit, like I said, they've come through and just torn tag teams to shreds as max just said the gymnasty boys i was there i saw that happen it was devastating to watch them just out muscle the gymnasties well you know you've
1: both been talking about the size of grit and that that's what i always go back to because uh you know independent wrestling is not the land of giants fest wrestling not the land of giants uh, but that doesn't mean we haven't seen some giants, and the grit and grit is among them. Other than grit, I think there may be Brody King. Um, not a lot
0: of really huge guys. Giant that- Silva when he was at uh, Hardcore Hunt. No, what? <laughs> Giant Silva. <laughs> he he wasn't really. He wasn't really. But I had to stop you.
2: We had uh, Barrington Hughes.
0: Barrington Hughes. That's a big man for sure. Absolutely. Uh, the freak, Red Giddens. That's a big man.
2: Yeah, he's a big dude.
1: But grit, uh, they they have all of that, and there's two of them, and that's what makes it so incredible is that by the you you're watching one of them take two or three guys out, and then you turn and there's another one, and it's like, oh my god, they're they're going to kill someone. <laughs>
2: And then you have Tommy Thomas, who you uh, you always got to keep an eye on him because he's not afraid to get involved.
1: Exactly. That's what I – yeah, for sure. Yeah, you, you're looking back and forth between the two giants, and the one you really should be watching is to, the Tommy
0: Thomas because that is one underhanded fellow right there. When you're keeping your eyes forward to look at uh, these two monsters that are grit, Tommy Thomas is the guy that stabs you in the back when you don't see it coming. Uh, So, best of luck to Southside Films. They have quite a job ahead of them, defeating Grit to even continue on uh, in this tournament. So, again, best of luck to them. Let's keep those acronym names rolling with our next match, Tech. Three equally charming heterosexuals uh, as uh, they take on Pretty Hurts.
2: Yeah, pretty hurts, which is uh, Amy Rose, who uh, you may see ringside at all of our shows, and she does our social media. But
0: she was in the PBR as well.
2: She yeah, she was also in the Battle Royal, so uh, it'll be cool to see her get um, a full matchup in Fest Wrestling. But uh, they're going against Tech, who is uh, definitely one of our most um, What's the word I'm looking for?
0: Oh, there's a lot of uh, words you can use to describe Tech Max.
2: They're they're definitely uh, they're they're a tag team. No, i just. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> wow, they're,
1: they're one of the most recognizable tag teams from Fest. Yeah, uh, they've been around the whole time.
2: They sure have.
1: <laughs> and uh, correct me if I'm wrong. They won the Festy for Tag Team of the Year last year.
2: Yeah, I don't really know how they did that. I'm pretty sure they, they probably rigged the voting. Uh, I know that happens in Florida every once in a while. Oh, <laughs> ah,
0: non-topical, sort of topical.
2: <laughs> but uh, yeah, we'll see um, how they do against all these tag teams in this tournament. But they technically are the tag team of the year.
0: Well, I don't know how that happened, but speaking of managers to watch out for, will we get shit-talking Jim Sherbert, Darren? Darren hopes so.
1: Hashtag where's Jim Sherbert?
0: (laughs) He's going to public libraries and voting for tech to win the Festi for Tag Team of the Year because that's the only way they could have won the Festi. That's all I'm saying.
1: (laughs) So what you're saying is if Jim Sherbert ever needs a new gimmick name, it could be Hanging Chad.
0: (laughs) Yes, all right. yes. <laughs> all of our Florida listeners love this podcast. Like, <laughs> that happened once. That happened once. Um, well, Tech. name hey, could be Broward County. Oh, God. <laughs> now, now you're getting too technical on us, you history teacher, you. Uh, so, Tech.
1: Uh, all right, but it could be Briscoe County, Jr.
0: There we go. Now we're talking pop culture. I like it. Uh- <laughs> so, yeah, looking forward to seeing Pretty Hurts in action. Uh, taking on Tech Again. Tech, uh, as Max so eloquently said, they're a tag team, uh, and they have been around uh, quite a bit in the world of Fest Wrestling. So they're going to do what they can to to work their way through this tournament and get to that Love Cup, Uh, which takes us into the final teams involved, the Coda. We like the Coda here on The Whole Ref and Show, the team of uh, Caden Green and Ronnie Rios. Big Beard, Little Beard. Uh, (laughs) We, we We all remember Beardgate, don't we, Max?
2: Oh, I know Beardgate very well.
1: (laughs) Well, Bigger beard! (laughs) Bigger beard!
0: (laughs) I love it. Oh, man. Uh, If you want that story, folks, check out our uh, Live at the Fest 2, uh, which we recorded a a couple months ago. Uh, It's it's, it's a lot of fun. Uh, But the Coda, again, taking on the Carnies. Talk about tricks. Talk about doing all it takes to win the Carnies. You can't trust them. As far as you can, guerrilla Press slam them, which is not very far,
2: right? Yeah, uh, the Carnies and the Coda is an interesting one. The Coda, like like you said, I like those guys. They're like a nice young tag team. Seems like they have a bright future ahead of them. Uh, the Carnies haven't seen much success in fest wrestling, but I've seen a lot of success outside of fest wrestling on the independent scene. So. I think this is a good chance for them to finally like brand their name in the Fest Wrestling tag team scene with this tournament coming up, and I think they're going to do very well.
1: Yeah, I think you may be right, because, I mean, hashtag what's a carny got to do to get a
0: win in Fest Wrestling? I guess we'll find out, huh? That's a long hashtag, but it's it's there. So. <laughs> if, if you click on it, you'll see plenty of uh, things that come up when you uh, type that in. Uh, you won't. Uh, so that's about, that's
1: about as long a hashtag as a Zack Sabre Jr. finisher's
0: name. <laughs> this is true. Uh, well, speaking of hashtags, hashtag demon shit. Hashtag everything is demon shit. The um, Coda, they're they're young and they're hungry, baby. I, I think they're they young.
1: They... They're hungry.
0: <laughs> easy, easy killer. Uh, we're talking about wrestling here, uh, so I, 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 think they have a, a strong chance at uh, not only beating the Carnies, but uh, potentially taking that Love Cup. They definitely, they definitely want to make their their impression, the big move on Fest Wrestling, and what better way than to be the winners of Love Cup? And like Max said earlier, you win the Love Cup, you don't just get the giant, gaudy thing that actual Love Cup, the physical Love Cup, but you get a chance at the Fest Wrestling Tag Team Championship belts, which, by the way, I've noticed the Fest Wrestling Tag Team Champions are not on the show. Surprised they're not going to be there to watch to see who wins, to see who their opponents might be. They'll find out on Twitter, like the other folks who are not going to the show.
1: (laughs) Well, if you're not going to the show, I feel sorry for you. Whether you're a wrestler or a fan, if you're not at the show, then uh, you need to get your ass to Gainesville. How many times have we said that Hogtown is where it's at at least six times a year?
2: Or at least get your ass on Pivot Share for $4.99 a month. Nice. Yeah, pivot
0: Share
1: yeah, plug. Nice. No excuses. No excuses when there's Pivot Share.
2: So, uh, predictions. Who do you guys think is going to win this thing? Oh,
0: man. I mean, there are lots of tag teams involved. Obviously, it's a tag team uh, tournament here. But, I mean... There are people who are just kind of put together. Uh, typically, I don't like when just two singles competitors are put together in a tag team situation. But Effie and Beastly have done it many times before. And they've been successful many times before as well. So I'm kind of looking at them. But there's the tried and true of the Gymnasty Boys. But you have the raw power of grit. It's hard to say. I don't want to make a prediction at this point.
1: I, it's really hard to, to pick. I mean, I... I kind of came out of the gate strong and when talking about the very first match. I went with the Gymnasty boys to win the whole thing. Uh, but that, you know, that changed as soon as I realized that Effie was in this tournament. And uh, and then <laughs> of course I wanted Effie loves beastly to win. And uh, then I started thinking, well, it's gotta be grit. They are powerhouses. Is this text moment to actually shine or will they just continue to kind of, uh, flit about the place uh, I really don't know I think honestly Dakota like And the Carnies Are both dark horses In this tournament I, They're both kind of dark horse tag teams In general To me both of these guys kind of Both of these sets of guys Both these tag teams feel like The dark side of the moon Like the, the underbelly uh, Of society both of these Teams are kind of spooky, and 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 so I think they might get overlooked here. So I'm thinking grit or the winner of the Coda Carney's match might may take the whole thing. You know what? I'm gonna go with grit. I gotta go with grit.
0: Ooh, Max, what do you think?
2: Um, just like you, it's it's definitely not an easy decision. Um, I could easily see that, uh, that Fabulous Fitness tree kicking in.
1: <laughs> uh,
2: but I'm going to go with the team of Effie Loves Beastly. Oh. Because Effie, being out of the main event picture, I think he needs to find a new, carve a new path in fast wrestling. And uh, maybe that is on top of the tag team division for a while. Uh, so so that's what I'm going with. I'm going with Effie Loves Beastly.
0: Wow. So the, fir- the first show that Effie is not part of the the title belt situation, and you say, you should go ahead and find something else to do, Effie. Max Gregg, you forgot the good times with Effie. You really did. Oh,
2: I- I'm sad to see him out of the main event picture. Um, uh, it- it's nice to see some new matchups there, but um, I think he's an amazing talent, and I could see him... Uh, Teaming up with Beastly and just going through this tournament and becoming a champion once again. I that I just I, I believe in him so much is in fact what I mean by picking that team.
0: Okay. Hey, hey, he's down, but he's definitely not out. Um so well best of luck to Effie and Beastly. Effie loves Beastly, I should say. And in fact, good luck to all these teams. I guess made the best tag team win, or the most cheatingest tag team win.
2: Uh, it are, is, are you trying to get out? Are you trying to get out of this without picking a team? Oh
0: man, you got me there. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna go with. Uh, I'm gonna have to go with grit. I'm gonna have to back up Darren's play and go with grit because it's just I've seen what these two individuals can do, and it's it's a scary thing. But I, I do agree with Darren as well. The dark horse of the Coda is also something to be thinking about as well. And I'm going to agree with you too, Max. Effie loves Beastly. I mean, I've seen them persevere, whether on their own or together, so hopefully they can get through it. A little weird to not see Awaken involved in this tag team tournament. And again, it's just weird to hear tag team and the Ugly Ducklings are not involved at all. Um, That's really weird. But I guess they can't win a chance to fight themselves at the next, next show. So I guess that kind of makes sense.
2: Yeah, there's just uh, too many matches for one show. 11 matches is what we're going to see on Sunday.
0: That's right. A lot of tag team action, but it's not all tag team action now, is it? The Fest Wrestling Championship is up for grabs. The defending champion, Saif Al-Sabah. Huge upset the last Fest Wrestling Show. Pickle in the tree three, uh, defeating uh, the former champion, Jason K. Jason Cade, not too pleased about that. Who would be? Uh, Saivalsabad. This is actually mentioned recently. This was announced recently, I should say. Taking on Diamante. This is gonna be a match to watch, my friends.
2: Yeah, originally it was uh scheduled to be Jason Cade uh, getting his rematch for the belt, but uh with that ankle injury that he suffered against Effie Epical in the Tree Three, um, seemed a little bit of a switch up. But uh, Diamante who we've seen since the first Fest Wrestling show, um, one of our most impressive competitors that we've seen at Fest Wrestling. Um have also suffered with some injuries, and she's returning from one now. And uh, I think it's going to be one hell of a match. Like I think the two styles are going to match up, and it's going to be an incredible matchup. I
1: completely agree. I think as a one-on-one match, it's already interesting because of the styles, because of the heat, because of the hatred, because of the atmosphere. Saib really wants to make a splash, I know, as the Fest Wrestling Champion. He's gotten to do so outside of Gainesville, Florida. Now I know he wants to do it in eight seconds, in Hogtown, in front of the Fest family, the Fest faithful. So all by itself, as a singles matchup, it's incredible. Add to it the fact that Jason Cade, injury or not, is he going to be there? Is he going to be in Diamante's corner? Is he going to be lurking around? And when it comes to lurkers, nobody lurks. Nobody slinks like a snake. Where's Serpentico in this whole thing?
2: Ah, that's very true. Um, You never know. So, yeah, that's something to keep in mind.
1: Yeah, well, you know, the serpent wasn't booked for the Garden of Eden,
0: but he still showed up.
2: Very true.
0: (laughs) Well, the Sidewinder sleeps in a coil, Darren. Uh, And we'll see if uh, he he decides to strike and let his presence be known uh, during this match. But, I mean, Diamante obviously involved quite a bit in Serpentico matches slash Jason Cade matches when the Fest Championship belt is on the line. So... It that's might be I'm time. Saying. It might be time to return the favor. I see where you're going with this. Uh, regardless, though, if it's just a straight up one-on-one match, Saeed Al Saban, Diamante, come on, that's going to be awesome for sure. Uh, like I said from the get-go, all by itself, we've got
1: a great match uh, before our very eyes. I just don't see it staying one-on-one. There's too much. Uh, there, there's the 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 air is too heavy with angst and hate and revenge vindication redemption there's so much possibility in the air for not just these two competitors but for other people this belt is a magnet for controversy it's 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 not a it's fest wrestling championship is not the territory
0: for one on one this is true and there's been a lot of outside involvement when it comes to these title matches uh, as of late Uh, over the past few, uh, shows, I should say, Max, do we know if Tony Weinbender is uh, incorporating any new strategies, security to, to hopefully keep the matches as scheduled as booked with no outside interference? Uh,
2: I mean, I don't have any, uh, information that you have, but I know you've seen in the past, he's worked with the eight second security. I'm sure he's got them on lockdown. Um, but, yeah, uh, he might have to step up security for a matchup like there. I think that's
0: a very good idea. Uh, Tony obviously uh, knows to keep an eye out, keep both eyes out, I should say, for uh, outside interference, outside interferers such as Jason Cade, Serpentico. So my hope is that it's a straight-up one-on-one match. Uh, best of luck to both of them. Uh, huge fan of Saib Al-Sabah, of course, friend of our show. Uh, speaking of our live show from earlier, he was there. It was great having him. Um and his title reign is not even a reign yet. He just became champion of the last show, so hopefully he'll hold on to that belt for a little while. And I all do respect to Diamante. It's so weird for for her to go from like a fan favorite to people flipping her off because they hate her because of all the shit she's put us through as far as uh, Jason K. and Serpentico are concerned. So it's weird Diamante coming in as uh, someone the fans are not looking for to win here. Well, you know, don't don't feel too bad for Diamante
1: because she is very quick to return that middle finger. So, it's true. Uh, you know, I'm not losing any sleep over cheering against her. And that's exactly what I'm going to do on Sunday is cheer against her. And at this very moment, I'm going to pick against her Ooh. as I'll be the one to take the first uh, stab at this main event uh, uh, fest championship match. Regardless of interference... Um, But particularly in the event that there is no interference, I'm going with Saif. Uh, I think that Saif has so much to prove, and he will do whatever it takes to make sure this belt is defended by him in this setting at least one time. And I think he does so definitively, strongly.
2: I'm going to have to agree with you. Uh, Saif is also going to be my pick. Um, I know... He's a friend of the show, and you guys have had conversations with you. And you could just tell when you talk to that guy that fest wrestling just means so much to him, and he wants to take it to the next level. And um, I just don't see him uh, away from that championship anytime soon. I think he's going to fight with every ounce in his body to just come out with a victory on Sunday.
0: Absolutely. Uh, And I'm going to go with both of you gentlemen here and not just because we know Saib, and he's a cool dude. Um, Well, he is that. He's got that positivity. He's got the power positivity, but he's also positive of his power. That's something I've always appreciated about Saib Um, Al-Sabah. So far, he's a great Fest Wrestling champion. The fans are behind him. They're certainly not with Diamante. Uh, Diamante is a credible threat, though, so Saib needs to watch out for this. Uh, I know it's... It's nice to be in a one-on-one situation here. There's not like a this isn't a fatal four-way or a triple threat or no certain stipulations are thrown in here. This is a straight up wrestling match. But I think Saiv has got this. Uh, so I'm with Saiv, and I think we all are. Even though Max, you're supposed to be impartial because you're working for the organization, but it's okay. You can you can still you can still throw in. Uh, <laughs> who do you think uh, goes over here? Um, but that's that's an awesome card. Ladies and gentlemen, if you have nothing to do this Sunday and you are in the Florida area, the Georgia area, get to Gainesville, baby. Get to 8 Seconds for some Fest Wrestling, Love is a Battlefield 3. If you like tag teams, you're going to have more than your share. The Love Cup runneth over uh, in Gainesville, so check it out.
1: Yeah, you say if you've got nothing to do, I, if you have something to do, cancel it. <laughs> Planned. You can go visit your great-aunt Edna some other time. The potato salad will keep, right? She's not going gently into that good night. There will
0: be other Sundays. Are you comparing um, people's Aunt Edna's to potato salad, Darren? You're better than that.
1: No, I'm saying Aunt Edna would have potato salad. But oh, guess what? okay. Uh, well, I guess I kind of was comparing. Well, <laughs> I'm yeah. going
0: to go see I'm going to go see Aunt Edna
1: aka potato salad. I'm going to go see great aunt potato salad. <laughs>
2: it
1: better yeah, be that I, southern style potato salad. Hey Max, what do you know about southern style potato salad?
2: Well, being from the north, um probably not much.
1: Oh, wait a minute. Do you, <laughs> so like are you like a german potato salad kind of guy?
2: Uh, in Pittsburgh, we have a mayonnaise-based potato salad. Okay. Um, uh, what what where does that fall in the category of potato salads?
0: Well, that that depends that's on the mayonnaise. Are, are we talking? Are we talking Miracle Whip or are we talking? No one's talking Miracle. Whip.
2: Okay, good. Yeah, this okay. is Hellman's OG <laughs>
0: <laughs> mayonnaise. On the potato
1: salad spectrum, you know, the Pittsburgh potato salad doesn't sound that far off from Southern potato salad. Southern potato salad, though, it has to have a touch of mustard, and it definitely has to have
2: boiled egg. Uh, that sounds great, but yeah, we don't do it that way.
1: Ah, oh, that's crazy. No German potato salad <laughs> German potato salad is the one you gotta watch out for. It's served hot. there's no mayonnaise at all it's 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 served hot with olive oil and like bacon grease
2: uh, that also sounds awesome, but yeah, I wouldn't call it potato salad.
1: I wouldn't call it potato salad either. The first time somebody from Connecticut brought me that German potato salad, I said, "Get that out of my face!" Actually, get it in my face. Just don't call it potato salad.
2: Yeah, I'm right with you on that.
0: All right, well, you guys have lost me. I don't really. I'm not a fan of potato salad either way. That's just me. But uh... Perry, 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 potato salad says the nicest things about you. <laughs> If potato salad could speak, and by potato salad, again, I do mean my Aunt Edna. uh, I'm sure she would say the nicest things about me. Thank you, Darren. Thank you so much.
1: Your Aunt Edna can't
0: speak? (laughs)
1: Maybe, maybe, you know what, Perry? Maybe you should
0: go visit your Aunt Edna this Sunday. Well, she she lost her ability to speak, so I probably should go uh, talk at her and not with her because, again, she can't speak back to me. Man, this one's derailed. Uh, Max Gregg, thank you so much for joining us here on the Whole Ref and Show. I know you're looking forward to Love is a Battlefield 3 as much as we are, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me once again. Uh, I hope everyone listening can... Uh, Come on out and enjoy the show, because it's going to be a good one.
0: Awesome. That's eight seconds. Gainesville, Florida, February 17th, Sunday. Love is a Battlefield 3, ladies and gentlemen. Get your ass to Hogtown. And uh, Max Gregg and Darren Beasley will see you there. I'm trapped on the West Coast. Otherwise, I would see you there. Uh, But go and take pictures and send them to me and say, here's what you're missing, Perry. Here's what you're missing. Exactly. So all you dear listeners, you can see, uh,
1: go speak to Max. He loves visitors. And you can speak to me, and you can speak to uh, Perry's Aunt Edna, who will be coming with me to love is a Battlefield 3.
0: Speak at Aunt Edna. She can't Uh, speak back, Darren. We've already talked about
2: this.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be a killer show. I'm excited. And, And, hey, Max, I'll see you
2: there. All right. See you there, guys.
1: Hashtag dear listeners, we are the Coda. And you're listening to the only wrestling podcast that calls it, right down the
2: middle, The
0: Show! That's right, ladies and gentlemen, this Sunday, Fest Wrestling, Love is a Battlefield, Part 3. Tickets available at festwrestling.com, check it out. But if you are unable to attend, there are alternatives, or at least one alternative that I'm aware of, That would be WWE's Elimination Chamber, also going on this Sunday as well.
1: Sure it is. It's the less fun alternative. But it's still good wrestling. It's still pro wrestling. And if you can't find your way down to Hogtown, there is always the WWE Network
0: and the bright lights in the big cities. That's right. And Darren and I are going to do what we always do when pay-per-views come around the corner, or network exclusives come around the corner, and that is go head-to-head... to head ...with our predictions on who the big winners will be. And uh, this pay-per-view is no different. We have uh, quite a few championship belts being defended here, not to mention two Elimination Chamber matches... Uh one for the WWE Championship, one for the new women's tag team titles. That I'm looking forward to. That should be interesting. Oh yeah, that's that's one of the matches I'm looking forward to the very
1: most. There is uh there's another matchup with some women in it that I'm looking forward to maybe the most. But uh the novelty of the Elimination Chamber has not grown old with me. And uh the uh the the strange nature of this women's one has me uh, peaked. I'm ready.
0: Right. Elimination Chamber has not, your interest has not waned. Or Garth when it comes to the uh, Elimination Chamber. Uh, and it
1: has, not, it has not weaned or waxed <laughs> either.
0: <laughs> well, let's get into this, Darren. The Cruiserweight Championship is up for grabs. Buddy Murphy, bloody Buddy Murphy, defending against Akira Tozawa.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: he loves this podcast.
1: Oh, man. Eventually, it's just going to be one line. It's going to sound like a foghorn going off when we say his name. This is like, oh, Bo, we got Buddy Murphy. We got
2: my-
0: <laughs> <laughs> Right. <laughs> so in this one, I think it's pretty easy to say that Buddy Murphy is just going to hold on to his belt. Uh, as good as Akira Tozawa is. And again, this match will be fine. It'll be a fine match. Uh, But I don't really see any belt moving. Uh, Buddy Murphy's been on a hot streak ever since he won it from Cedric Alexander, and I don't think they're in any hurry to get it off of him. What do you think? No,
1: I think Buddy Murphy wins this match because Buddy Murphy is who you want carrying this belt to WrestleMania. They have a hard time giving this belt much credence at all. They really have a hard time uh, celebrating it come WrestleMania weekend. And I think Buddy Murphy is your best shot at trying to celebrate it this year. Sure. So uh, I'm I'm picking Murphy because he's your best representative
0: uh, headed to New York City in April. Uh, That's accurate. I would agree with that. Uh, That takes us to the Intercontinental Championship match. It is a handicap match, Darren. Bobby Lashley, the IC champion. Typically, the champion doesn't have the extra person with him. This is kind of weird for me. Uh, Bobby Lashley defending his belt with Leo Rush. They're taking on Finn Balor.
1: Yeah, and I like Finn Balor, and therefore I want Finn Balor to win, but he won't. I, I hate handicap matches when a belt is on the line. I just, it's irritating, it's unnecessary. The only thing I like about Bobby Lashley right now is the nickname The Almighty. I'm not real impressed with Bobby Lashley's matches. Um, he's still... His face looks like something you don't want to see. You know what he looks He looks like one of those dragons from How to Train Your Dragon.
0: <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. Uh, that's
1: wow. What like. You just
0: hit the nail on the head, Darren. Like whenever one of us looks at someone that we don't know and say, hey, that looks like so-and-so and so-and-so had a child, and it's like, oh my god, nail on the head. To me, that was perfect, because you said, he looks kind of like, and I immediately saw, like, the shadow that, like, needed, like, a face to morph in, and then you said that, and I was like, oh, wow, that's very accurate. I'll, I'll, <laughs> he, he, he does have, he has such a genuine smile. Like He looks like a genuine nice guy. So when he plays a tough guy, it's just like, nah, you're probably really nice, but...
1: No, I would love to meet Bobby Lashley. As a fan and as a human being, I, I, I think he's a he's a he's a he's a perfectly okay person. He just doesn't work in the WWE for some reason. Um and Leo Rush does very little for me either. So the the almighty nickname is about all that the Bobby Lashley show has going for me right now. And uh, and I and and you know I'm I'm ride or die with Finn Balor, and that includes a lot of dying, uh, because <laughs> Finn Balor gets hung out to dry quite a bit um, ever since he left NXT, and that's not his fault. But talk about people going to AEW. Finn Balor needs to get there with a quickness, right? Uh, he's had his you know he's had his moment in the WWE. sun. now he needs to get his ass to Jacksonville because Finn Balor has a lot more shining to do, and it's not going to happen in the WWE ring. Uh, and it's not going to happen on this night. I think Lashley and Rush um, squash Balor.
0: I, uh, I'm going to agree with and say that Bobby Lashley holds on to the belt uh, as well, more so because uh, Bobby Lashley hasn't been champion that long. You need to give him the belt and let him have it for a little while. And again, we're... we're On the road to WrestleMania, so we need to start making these titles mean something, so people who are currently champion need to stay champion uh, going into WrestleMania. But how are we to believe that Finn Balor, who just lost to a big guy who dabbled in MMA, is going to defeat this other big guy who dabbled in MMA with another person? Um, (laughs) To me, that's kind of stupid. No, it most
1: definitely is, but that is the question, and I think... That's the question they have to answer, which is, why Leo Rush? This needs to be a match in which we learn why Leo Rush, because Leo Rush isn't going to help Bobby Lashley. So what is this? Is this Leo Rush's coming out party as a wrestler? I don't know what it is, but I I think they've got to explain it. There has to be a reason for this. There has to be a reason other than,
0: why not? I need a why. Sure. And and Leo Rush and Finn Balor had a very good match actually on television recently. So we know Leo Rush still has the ability. If WWE was is so good at suppressing talent that you forget people are very talented sometimes. Leo Rush was one of the hottest people on the indies before he signed with the WWE and they did their damnedest to not even let him wrestle. Um so uh WWE I don't know what they're thinking here. I don't know what they're thinking 99.999% of the time. But if they're smart, they need to put uh they need to they need to invest in their intercontinental championship uh belt by investing in their intercontinental champion. So again, Bobby Lashley retains. Uh, that takes us to the next match, Braun Strowman versus Baron Corbin in a no DQ, also no giving a shit. <laughs> <laughs> I, was
1: I was wondering if you were going to go there. I could feel it. I could feel your look. <laughs> and that, that that's true. I want to care about this match. I like the new Baron Corbin. I didn't really like the constable part of it, but like the shaved head and the, the vest, I, I dig that look. And you know I'm a big Braun Strowman fan. And Strowman and Corbin... This, this should be a Clash of the Titans. This should be a late 80s WWF match. This, You know what? I'm, I'm talking myself into not hating it, actually. Oh. So, I don't know. I'm going to give this one a fair shake. I actually just talked myself into giving this match a
0: fair shake, and I'm going to reserve judgment until I see it. Well, I don't like Baron Corbin, and I never have. Um, they don't know how to book Braun Strowman anymore. Uh, so... Whoever wins, it doesn't matter. There's, actually, nothing, there's nothing really on the line. There's nothing at stake. Um. So I don't... I, I'm just going to flip a coin, basically. I'm just going to say Strowman wins, right? That's how little I care about I, this match.
1: I'm not going to flip a coin, but I will say that Strowman will win this match because if he's not fighting Brock Lesnar, they have to
0: let him win. Otherwise, he would become completely irrelevant. I'm I'm going to very quickly uh, harken back to our Royal Rumble uh, uh, conversation and say that uh, they needed to go ahead and pull the trigger on Strowman winning the Rumble, going on to Mannion beating Brock Lesnar, and just get all that done. Get all that out of the way. Let it happen because you know it's going to happen at some point. Just go ahead and get it over with, Um, you know, make it happen. But because Strowman didn't win the Rumble, and Seth Rollins did, and because Brock Lesnar beat Finn Balor and not the other way around, because you could have had Seth Rollins win the Rumble and then go on to fight Finn Balor for the belt at WrestleMania, and that would have been a fine match. But instead... Probably you let you, a good
1: match. But a ins- really good
0: Yeah, but instead, you let the little guy win the Rumble and the big guy retain the belt instead of just making it the little guys fight each other or the big guys fight each other. I think... No one's going to win. It's more of the Vince McMahon, Triple H, push and pull, tug of war that's been going on for the past who knows how long. So that's why I don't care what happens to Braun Strowman. His destiny is to just beat Brock Lesnar and win the belt. But is that even his destiny anymore? I don't care about Braun Strowman. That's
1: my question. That's the question that remains. Is that his destiny anymore? I don't think it is Yeah. because I think S.H.I.E.L.D. reunion or no, Seth Rollins beats Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania 35. I'm calling that now. Oh. Like that's, that's happening. So what? where does that leave Braun Strowman? Because if Braun Strowman is simply the number one contender to the new champion Seth Rollins after WrestleMania just because he's big and mean and loud, then you let Seth beat Lesnar and then you let him beat Strowman? Then all of a sudden, Seth is unbeatable. Strowman is garbage, so you don't do that. So you put Strowman over... Uh, we'll cross see, those bridges when see, we come to...
0: see. Well, because they don't know how to book Big Guy versus Little Guy, Darren. Big Guy will always destroy Little Guy. Yeah, it's super, super messy, and it's completely and totally unsatisfying. Yep. And poor Braun Strowman, even though he's a big guy, he kind of got rolled under the the wheels because they still wanted Lester to go over on him. So they destroyed Strowman. Um, Again, that's why I don't care about this match against Corbin. So I will pick Braun Strowman because he should win, I guess. I don't know. Whatever. Uh, Moving on, a match that I'm very much looking forward to, the Women's Raw Women's Championship belt, Uh, Ronda Rousey. Defending against Ruby Riot. Oh, speaking of Fest Wrestling, your inaugural Fest Wrestling champion, Ruby Riot, aka Heidi Lovelace, is now finding Ronda Rousey at Elimination Chamber uh, for the WWE Raw Women's Championship belt. Not bad, Ruby Riot. A, a-, a tip of the cap to you, Ruby Riot. Yeah, I,
1: I think uh, when you and I attended our very first Fest Wrestling show, uh, Ronda Rousey was still in the UFC, and Ruby Riott was wrestling before our very eyes as the best champion. Sure, uh, she would lose that belt um, that night to Sue Young, and here we are. You know, and I know we keep saying it's time is flying, love is a battlefield three. It's the third one, but but damn. All of a sudden, when you put it in these kind of terms, and you realize how fast people can move around in the business of pro wrestling, uh, this is a perfect example of it. And they're fighting for the championship. They're not just oh, they're both under
0: contract, <laughs> right? Week.
1: They're fighting at a pay per view for the title. And
0: that's actually a very good point, which which means they've been around for a little while. Ronda Rousey, not so much, and even Ruby Riot, not really so much in the grand scheme of things, as far as you know, being recruited for NXT. Working house shows. We said it a thousand times. Moving through NXT on the takeover on the main roster. Um, all happened very very fast. You see, you gotta understand, folks. We don't have children for for which to measure our lives. So we use uh, Fest Wrestling Love as a battlefields uh, to, to <laughs> measure how much time has passed. Um, I was gonna, I was gonna say we. I was gonna. It's funny you
1: picked Love as about. It. I was gonna say we use pickle in the tree and have, WrestleMania to determine. <laughs> how long ago apart things happen.
0: Yeah, and we're very happy, thank you. Uh, anyway, uh, this match is going to be phenomenal, but there's no way they're going to let Ruby Riot go over on Ronda Rousey. However, I do like all the R names involved in this match. Uh, Ronda Rousey, Ruby Riot. I want to point that out real quick. Uh, so.
1: <laughs> if, you, if you hadn't, I would have. So uh, <laughs> there you go. Double R's on both, uh, both accounts, both ladies' account.
0: Are these ladies Stan Lee creations, Darren?
1: <laughs> they very well could be. Um, it's a crime that they weren't, and uh, RIP
0: Stanley. RIP Stanley. Um, absolutely.
1: I am so excited about this match. This match could be the match of the evening. Um, it certainly should be the best singles match. It's hard to be. It's sort of like saying that a match at a Royal Rumble could be better than the Royal Rumble match. It's hard to do that. It's hard that a singles match at the Elimination Chamber could be better than one of the Elimination Chamber matches, especially the women's because of the, the added gimmick of it being tag team this year, and it's for an inaugural set of belts. But if it's going to happen, it's going to be this match because Ronda Rousey has not had a bad match in the WWE yet, and Ruby Riot can wrestle circles around anyone. I think when these two collide, if it, if they're given A the time and B the free reign, because the only thing the only thing that concerns me is that we're close enough to mania for some agent in the back to get a little bit too safety minded and tell Ruby to cool it in order to make sure that Rhonda stays safe so that she can main event WrestleMania. But assuming
0: that that doesn't happen, this match should be badass. Sure. Absolutely. So, but you're going to agree with me and say that Ronda holds on to the belt, correct? Yeah. Without a doubt.
1: It's, it's Without a doubt. And that is no disrespect to, to
0: Ruby. Oh, no, absolutely not.
1: Uh, but they want Ronda Rousey as the champion in the main event of WrestleMania. They're determined to do it. And that's not going to happen if Ruby Riot takes the belt off of her on this
0: night. So definitely agreeing with you that Ronda all the way here. Sure, sure. sure. Uh, so far, we've been uh, in agreement on everything. We got one more match before the Elimination Chamber matches. Uh, uh, SmackDown Tag Team Championship belts on the line. The Miz and Shane McMahon uh, taking on the Usos. Now the question here is how... How bad is Vince McMahon at uh, old Jimmy Uso for getting in trouble? Uh, and, and again, <laughs> that that didn't that, that didn't affect him the last time that this kind of thing sort of came up. Um, the Uso's actually won the belts, but this time, uh, the Miz and Shane McMahon. If you're going to start a program between them against each other going into Mania, you're going to have to start now because you're running out of time to do it. But at the same time, they don't need to drop the belts immediately, too. So this is actually a tough one to call. It is also a tough one
1: for me to call, and for those very same reasons, because it absolutely must be the time to break up The Miz and Shane O'Mac if you're going to do that. The problem is, Uso's going into mania with the belts. I mean, people might not get super excited about The Miz and Shane Going into Mania with the belts, but at least that's weird. At least that's something. The Usos don't have. It's, it's not like if they win the belts this this Sunday, it's not like they're on some dominant streak and they're going to ride high into WrestleMania for months and months or you know this that or the other. And it's just it's not. There is none of that. It's just sort of like oh them again, okay. Whereas <laughs> at least you know at least Miz and Shane,
0: you've got enough weirdness. You've got enough uncertainty. Also, it, it it gives them it gives Miz and Shane McMahon something to do come WrestleMania. Exactly right. that was that that was the second part of my point. And yeah. so uh, much like
1: meatloaf, you took the words <laughs> right out of my mouth and. Uh, that's what they need. It's also too late. Unless Miz and Shane are going to fight each other, it is too late to give them each something else to do. So this is what they're going to do, at least for WrestleMania 35. We don't, God help us, we don't need another Shane McMahon singles match at WrestleMania.
0: I'm tired of it. Oh, I agree with you there. Totally agree with you there. So we're thinking they're going to hold on to the belts then and be champions going into Mania? I. Uh, that's what I think. Ooh, we are... Seeing eye-to-eye on that one. And everything else for this matter. Uh, So, uh, that's that. That takes us into the Elimination Chamber, Darren. Elimination Chamber. Which I love. The Women's uh, Elimination Chamber match is a tag match. I think that's very, very cool. Not to mention it's for the Women's Tag Team Championship titles. Uh, Nia Jax and Tamina taking on Liv Morgan and Sarah Logan. Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville. The Iconics... Bailey and Sasha Banks and Naomi and Carmella involved as well. So some interesting in and not interesting at all kind of way teams here. It's good because all these people have been together for a long time. It's not like oh we just threw Mickey James with someone just to make another tag team. Like all these people. Well, oh, never mind, I take that back. Naomi and Carmella. Uh, there's no reason why they should be friends whatsoever. Everyone else though I'm, I'm pretty <laughs> everyone else though, I'm pretty okay with. This is a tough call, and I think it's all about what the plans are for WrestleMania. I mean, I think everything is about that at this point, but because I look at the people involved in the match, and I think, who would be the best representations to be the first ever women's tag team champions, Um, and I look at Bayley and Sasha Banks immediately, uh, and like, a, you need to give them something because it's been a while for both of them. Kind of a way. Anyone else would be kind of weird to say they were the first tag team champions. You know what I mean? In, in terms of legacy, in terms of the women's
1: evolution, in terms of what these last few years have been about and the direction they're going, I do know exactly what you mean. And it only makes sense to put the belts on Bailey and Sasha. It's uh, it's more like that. It's a it's one moment in time. It's, it's, uh, it's (laughs) now I'm thinking of that song. Um,
2: and, uh, but
1: anyway, uh, I think that they, they certainly deserve the belts and I hate to use that word. I really do. But, um, I think they make the most sense as I guess, as that legacy, as that, uh, capturing this moment in time. Um, It won't be Nia and Tamina because, as we know, they're trying to do this weird stuff with Nia, and they don't care about Tamina. Um, Liv Morgan and Sarah Logan, I just don't think that they're enough without Ruby at this point to be the champions. Um, Mandy and Sonya, in the long run, these two women are not destined to be together in the long run. And so Stop I don't
0: saying that. Now I have that song in my head. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and so I, I think you don't put the belts on them to start something which it isn't going to finish. Um, Naomi and Carmella is thrown together. So unless they're really just trying to give an F you to people like you and me, <laughs> fans like us who overanalyze it, uh, they won't do that. No chance in hell. So the only other one that makes sense to me would be the Iconics. Now, the Iconics, they're interesting how they're booked. They're in, they're booked as chicken shit heels, which means they're not booked to win or they're not booked to win believably. But at the same time, both of those women are talented. They get a lot of screen time. They work the shit out of the microphone, and they would be a bit of a surprise. So to me, it's got to come down – to Bailey and Sasha, or the Iconics, and I got to give the edge to Bailey and Sasha just because, going back to what we both have already said, which is, let's capture this moment with these two figures, which helped usher in this whole age, uh, and then we'll move on. Maybe the Icon- maybe the Iconics will win next. Sure, maybe sure. Maybe Mandy and Sonya will win next, or you know. Uh, so I'm going to go with Bailey and Sasha as much as I would rather go with the Iconics.
0: Yeah, I, I'm totally thinking Bailey and Sasha Banks here. The only way it's not them is if like Nia Jax and Tamina win it. And it's the the faces coming in to beat Nia Jax and Tamina in WrestleMania. It's the only, the only thing I see uh, being different there. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm not going to add any more to that because I do think Bailey and Sasha Banks are the most likely duo to win the Tag Team Championship belts. If, if, if this weren't for the, like I said, if this weren't the first time ever champions, you know what I mean, I, I'd be like, it could be anyone. But, I mean, if it's someone that you want to cement a legacy and like, oh, don't forget the great Sasha Banks, the great Bailey, you know what I mean, um, they were the first. So, yeah, I'm going to go with you on that one. Uh, Takes us into the elimination chamber for the men, which may be more of a no-brainer than I thought it was, uh, for the WWE Championship, Daniel Bryan's WWE Championship, his eco-friendly WWE Championship. Uh, He's in there. He's defending against the likes of AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, uh, Jeff Hardy, Randy Orton, the bland one, uh, Samoa Joe is in there, and what was Mustafa Ali, fabulous he, uh, is now Kofi Kingston. Uh, probably huge thanks to uh, Kofi Kingston's really, really <laughs> lovely performance uh, in that gauntlet match that happened on TV this week. Uh, a lot of people got behind Kofi Kingston in that match. Social media is all abuzz buzz about Kofi winning the the title. Like they're they're saying that like, Kofi deserves it because of all the time he's put in. But that's not how wrestling storylines work, folks. Kofi Kingston is a replacement. I'm um, not saying Kofi can't be champion one day, but for me, that's more fuel to my argument about breaking up the New Day, uh, because I think they could do—they can go a lot further on the road at this point. They've—they've—they've they've, they've hit the—the the glass ceiling, as it were, with the whole New Day bit. Um, that's just me. Well, you know the thing about Kofi is
1: that if they're going to break up the New Day, this is how you do it.
0: Um, now I have that song stuck in my head, Darren. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: this is so how he, you do it
1: see, I think Xavier is the kind of character That Xavier Woods would stand by uh, a By virtue of being the champion Better than you, Kofi Kingston I think it would breed jealousy With the character of Big E Big E is just a little
0: too Silly, but we've seen his serious background, and then that that is one good thing about how silly Big E is. Is those those rare occasions when he gets super serious? It's like oh shit! It's it's like when your your parents get really really mad. It's like oh no! Like really really mad. So yeah,
1: yeah, he might even call Kofi Kingston by like his full like his middle name, (laughs) Kofens, (laughs) Kofens Jehoshaphat (laughs) Kingstonstein. Right, he is a he is a Jamaican Jew from
0: Ghana. <laughs> <laughs> well, the way, way WWE books things, that's I can see that happening very easily. I mean, this this whole match, though. I mean, there are some good people involved in this whole match, and Elimination Chamber and, 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 and Randy Orton. And Randy Orton is also in the match. Oh, very nice. Well done. You, you'll take some of that heat from our fans that like Randy Orton instead of me for once. Uh, Elimination. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. People like Randy Orton? They might. Who knows? Uh, elimination Chamber is the time to to have an upset. I mean, I remember two years, two Elimination Chambers ago, we had Bray Wyatt win the belt. Um, the Bray Wyatt era, which lasted all of two months and was ended by Randy Orton uh, at WrestleMania 33. Oh, Randy! Randy! And as much fun as...
1: <laughs> Randy, please
0: don't end my era. <laughs> as much fun as it was to 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 have to do our Bray Wyatt voice and talk about Randy Orton. Um, that, that's the only good that came out of that, let's face it. Because Br- Bray Wyatt should have been champion for a good long while. Absolutely,
1: and now I want Bray Wyatt to come back really badly so we can start up the Bray Wyatt voice again.
0: <laughs> it's time. It's definitely time for that. Um, so even though there's all these people involved uh, in, a, in a perfect world, I would have Samoa Joe come in here and just win the title from underneath everyone's nose. Uh, But there's no reason to take the belt off of Daniel Bryan at this point, especially because he hasn't been champion for that long. And because they're investing a lot of stock in his uh, championship runs, I'm going to go with Daniel Bryan.
1: Well, this head-to-head has not been much of a competition. Um, Again, it's one of those examples where it's us versus the bookers now. Because I am going with Daniel Bryan as well. And so we have picked all of the same winners for WWE's Elimination Chamber pay-per-view. I um, I can't blame you. I can't blame you for your picks because they're I, my picks. I can't blame you either because they're my picks. Yeah. It, God help us if Randy Orton wins this match. Because <laughs> that would be beyond... Like, that would be beyond one step forward and two steps back. Um, now do you have that song stuck in your head? That Paul Abdul song? Um, no. No? Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> but this would be like ten steps back. I, I mean, I think Randy Orton going over anybody who's been in the WWE for more than one year, but less than five years at this point, is garbage. Uh I don't like Randy Orton. That's not that's not a big scoop. That's not news to anyone. That's a hot scoop. But it's but for that for him to win this match would just be uh, an abomination, an aberration. I, I don't want it at all, at all, at all. I'm with you. The most exciting person here would be Samoa Joe. I don't as 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 much of a surprise as it would be. I absolutely don't want Kofi Kingston winning this belt. Um. Again, this belt isn't what it used to be But I can pretend I can pretend the belt matters And Kofi Kingston winning it is, Would be a, a, a bad idea I'm excited to see Jeff Hardy in this match I'm excited to see him as a part of this match But I doubt he'll factor into the To the overall The uh, meaning and result So Sure, um, sure. Yeah, it's uh, And AJ Styles, I just, I don't think he knows which way is up anymore. And I certainly don't know which uh, way is up for his WWE
0: career. But, um,
1: yeah, so I think Daniel Bryan's the
0: easy pick. Yeah, I think it's as as easy as that. (laughs) So that's it. Those are our picks for Elimination Chamber. And as we said, one of the less exciting head-to-heads. Head-to-head. Like ever. (laughs) 117 episodes. Of the whole Refn Show. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, are you looking forward to Elimination Chamber? Are you going to be at Fest Wrestling Love as a Battlefield 3? Let us know. There's a lot of ways you can let us know. Find us on Twitter at Refn Show Podcast. That's R E F N S H O W P O D C A S T. Find us on Facebook, like and share. We would appreciate that. Send us a Gmail if you want to. The Whole Show at gmail.com. T H E W H O L E R E F N S H O W at gmail.com. Or. Find us on Instagram at The Whole Reffin Show.
1: One word, The Whole Refin Show. You can see all kinds of awesome
0: pictures. Yes, indeed they do. And uh, once more, we got to say a big thank you to Max Gregg for stopping by and helping us out with our our, uh, Fest Wrestling preview show. And it's always nice to have Max on the show. Got to have him back on sometime soon, for sure. Yeah, Max, you're the coolest. You' the coolest, Max. And uh, that's it from us, folks. Until next time. My name is Perry Smith, and I'm the incredible badass that is Darren Beasley. And we're gonna see you, fine, ladies and gentlemen, you hashtag dear listeners, on Flip Flop. See you next week, folks. So long.
1: Bye. <laughs>